Welcome back to the Pactum Factum podcast, the superpower of everyday negotiation. I'm Lucia Cantor, St. Amour. Negotiation is everywhere, every day. This is the negotiation laboratory where we share insights into basic skills, strategy, history, storytelling, behavioral sciences, and social trends. It's all connected. We are all connected. And everyone can learn how to better negotiate everyday life with keen eyes, hearts, and minds. Thanks for joining us. Drum roll, please. I am overjoyed to introduce my co-host, Nina Greeley. And I pretty much hit the co-host jackpot, roping Nina into this journey. We go back many years. We went through law school together and then both went off and established diverse law practices. But that's not the really interesting part. It's Nina's rich background in all the other stuff that is so fascinating and that is such a good match for me and for this podcast. Literature, art, psychology, music, society, history, culture, and sure, even law. She, like me, has this wild, creative, roaming mind that sees how it's all connected. Nina, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I hope I can live up to that very generous introduction, Lucia, and I'm super excited to be here. Now, I already published a newsletter on the topic of this episode, but decided to dedicate a podcast episode to it for two reasons. One, it's just that important. And two, Nina and I can demonstrate how it works in action, because that's the part that really drives it home. While the list of key negotiation skills is robust, if I had to pick one above all others, it's listening, which is both terribly important and terribly underutilized. In the early 2000s, during my initial training as faculty for UC Hastings College of the Law, I learned a method for teaching negotiation students that was developed by psychotherapist Judy McMurray who granted permission to share her methodology far and wide. This episode will walk you through the heart of the materials that comprised her tutorial, supplemented by my own adaptations and experience with listening over the years. Consider it a step-by-step guide, not just in negotiation, but in everyday life. It is literally the quiet superpower of everyday negotiation and like everything else, it takes practice. Okay, Nina, question for you. How many times have you been in a conversation where the other person repeats themselves over and over again like a broken record? Huh, well, actually, I'm not sure if this is the kind of thing you're looking for, but the most recent example when I, was when I was trying to get a vet appointment for our dog, Ranger, because he wasn't eating, and he usually inhales his food, literally. So I was really worried, and when I called the vet, the receptionist said that even though there were no appointments available, if he hadn't eaten for 24 hours, I could bring him in, drop him off in the morning, so the vet could look at him in between other appointments. So he didn't eat, so the next morning I called to tell the vet I was bringing him in. This time, though, I got a different receptionist who told me I couldn't bring him in because there were no appointments available. 
I tried to explain that I was told the day before that I could drop him off in the morning, but she just kept saying over and over and over, I would be happy to make an appointment for Ranger next week. I would be happy to make an appointment for Ranger next week. I would be over and over. No matter what I said, she just kept saying that. And it was so frustrating that I finally had to scream at her, which ended up working. She miraculously, yeah, I know she miraculously found a time for Ranger to come in. But it was super stressful. I hate having to scream at people. I know she was just trying to do her job. The whole thing was so unpleasant. Well, and it, it shouldn't have come to that, right? That you had to scream at her. That's how I felt, yes. <laughs> I bet you thought it was her job to listen to you, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and while I don't disagree about that in a customer service situation, especially where the customer is one in what could be an urgent situation with an injured animal or other loved one, it, it illuminates the point so well. She is the one who felt you weren't listening to her. And despite it not being, quote unquote, your job to do so, if you had the presence of mind to recognize that in the moment, you may have been able to steer the situation without as much frustration. And admittedly, as I said, it requires incredible presence of mind in a moment when cortisol, the stress hormone, is pumping from your brain because you need help. Not easy, but doable if you practice. Now, I bet our listeners are recalling similar scenarios they've been in. Often a person repeats themselves ad nauseum because they don't feel they've been heard. Great news. You can do something about that. And wow, talk about a superpower. So according to psychotherapists, there are three key traits of good listeners. And they are, number one, being non-judgmental. Number two, sincerity. And the way Judy McMurray described this was, I love this description. It means your insides match your outside. And number three, empathy. Why is this so important? Listening, that is, as a skill. Well, it establishes better understanding. It builds rapport, trust, and credibility. It contributes to information gathering. I mean, to negotiate a good deal, you need to know what the other side wants and needs. It shows respect. Also, if the other side does not feel heard, they may shut down, which then also shuts down information gathering. And here's another added benefit. It actually buys you time. It can be a a stall tactic of of sorts. In other words, the, the burden of talking doesn't have to be on you. I can remember a situation once where I was in carpooling with someone who I didn't know particularly well, and I was the driver, and we're trapped in the car together, and this person was going through a very difficult time in their life and started talking about that difficult time. It was a divorce, I believe, and was going on and on and just gushing all of this very difficult emotional stuff in the car. And I sort of thought, oh, I don't really know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know them very well. I'm not, I, it was uncomfortable. And so I actually didn't really say anything. And by the time, I don't know, 10 minutes had passed or so, 
And this person sort of took a deep breath and then says, wow, thanks for listening to me. That really makes me feel better. And I was like, oh, wow. And I didn't really even quote unquote do anything. And finally, it can trigger reciprocity. In other words, if you demonstrate listening, you stand a much better chance of the other side listening to you. Nina, are you familiar with Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Oh, I've, I have definitely heard about it, but I have to confess I haven't read it. Well, he wrote, quote, seek first to understand rather than seeking to be understood, unquote. Though I don't think he's the originator of that advice. Now, don't quote me on this, but I have a vague recollection from studying the classics at Adelaide E. Stevenson High School in Prairie View, Illinois, that it's from Plato's Republic. Nina, this is also your territory. Does that sound familiar? You know, I don't remember that in, 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 with any particularity, and I haven't read Plato since college, so <laughs> I might not be the best person to ask either. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Everyone's assignment then is to dust off that library card and go get a copy of Plato's Republic and find where, if it does, if it's espoused in that book, just thumb through it. You don't have to read it cover to cover. Anyway, it's not a new discovery. Guess what? You already know how to do this, but most likely haven't been practicing it. This simple three-step model is based on ordinary listening skills that you can practice every day. So here goes. We'll walk you through the steps, and then in part two, episode eight, we'll actually provide a demonstration. Step one, set an intention. An intention to do what? To pay attention. Now this step has two parts. Part A is choosing to listen. Instead of fading in and out, it's with a purpose of understanding what the other party is saying and what makes it important to them. This means being curious. You're listening for two categories, content and emotion. Let's be clear. Emotions are facts and often matter more than so-called objective facts in a negotiation. And it means managing distractions. Part two of setting the intention is to pay attention. What gets in the way of this? Noise. And we'll talk more about this in step two. I don't mean external ambient noise like sirens or a barking dog, but your internal noise. Ruminating about errands, work, wondering how many social media alerts are waiting for you, trying to remember that actor's name from the movie where they colonize Mars, or even just, I'm getting hungry. Setting an intention is a very powerful anchor. If you don't set an intention to listen, you won't be listening effectively. You'll get bits and pieces. You might even get most of it. You will not get all of it. Step two. Manage your noise. And we're going to define noise as anything that distracts you. Some of the most common types of internal noise are me too. You're identifying or projecting with the problem or with the other person. Been there, done that, and here's what you need to do. Also known as advice. I'll save you. 
This is the rescuer, the sort of codependent response. Oh, how terrible! That sympathy, having your own feelings and wanting to express them. What a stupid thing to do, or I can't believe she's so upset over something like this. Well, that's just good old-fashioned judgment. You're wrong, and I know what's right. That's the authority voice, or wanting to set the speaker straight. Ah, and then there's who did what to whom, when, and why. Interrogation. You ask questions you think are important to control the conversation. Nina, I'm thinking as an attorney, have you had any experience with this noise? Absolutely. And it's funny, I just started nodding as soon as you said that, because I think that's a very common thing for attorneys to do, because we're trying to figure out the legal facts that are important to a case. And sometimes, especially at the beginning, we're not letting people say what they need to say, and we miss things. Exactly. So if you try to control the conversation in the way that you think it should be steered, you're probably going to miss things. That that gush is super important and paying attention to it is. Tell me about your childhood. All right, that's the analyst. It's a type of noise, actually. Or the, I don't want to hear this, la, 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 the censor. Just, I can't go there. Okay, and as a mediator, I can tell you that one of the key mediator traits is We meet the parties wherever they are. Now, paying attention means, number one, tracking the speaker, and number two, tracking yourself. You can't eliminate your noise, but you can learn to manage it. Notice the noise and then refocus on your intention to listen. Judy McMurray referred to this as the listening loop You will navigate this loop several times while listening to someone for even just five minutes. And rest assured, this is normal. Set an intention, focus, notice noise creeping in, manage the noise, reset the attention, etc., etc. When you pay attention, you are listening for two things, content and Feelings. Remember, feelings are another category of facts. The noise pulls you away from their story and focuses on your story. For example, thinking about what you want to say next. I think this is fascinating because what this really reminds me of is mindfulness practice, like a meditative mindfulness practice where you have an intention to focus on something, something comes up inside you in your mind or whatever. And instead of you, what all you do is instead of following that thing, you notice it and then you direct your attention back to what you're supposed to be doing, which is listening in this particular case. It's really quite amazingly like a mindfulness practice. You're so right, Nina, because I've done some mindfulness training myself and I can remember in one of the trainings in particular, this really resonated with me as a dog lover, that the trainer described it as a house breaking a new puppy. And he said, when you notice that your mind is drifting, pretend that that those drifting thoughts are like a, a new puppy. And the puppy's supposed to stay on the paper for the the housebreaking training and it wanders off the paper. And well, what happens when it wanders off the paper? Do you punish the puppy? No. Do you yell at the puppy? No. Do you judge the puppy? No. You just patiently, calmly pick up the puppy 
and put the puppy back on the paper. And that is the same thing that you're doing here. Now, here's a pro tip. Being quiet while you wait for your turn to talk is not the same as listening. And this is even different from the situation where I was quote unquote trapped in the car listening to that person. I actually had nothing to say. I did not know what to say. I was not waiting for my turn to talk. I truly was being silent and listening because I didn't feel like I had another recourse. And it did enable me to listen and evidently it had a beneficial impact on the, on the speaker. That brings us to step three, which is reflecting back. Now, remaining quiet as the other person gushes while you nod your head and then finally say, I understand, is only doing half the job. How do you know you understand? How do they know you understand? Maybe you misunderstood something. Maybe their thoughts aren't organized and they haven't expressed something accurately. The job of a skilled listener could be described as helping the talker talk. By reflecting back, that is summarizing, recapping, again, both content and emotions, you accomplish a few things. Number one, empathy. This is a powerful tool in negotiation. Not to mention the dopamine secretion in the brain by the speaker who feels seen in addition to heard. Number two, clarification. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, and then they continue talking to hone it down a little bit. Number three, verification. Yes, that's right. You got it. Which is incredibly validating, by the way. <laughs> Number four, encouragement, which gets you even more information. And number five, de-escalation. It slows down that excretion of cortisol, the stress hormone in the brain of the speaker. And that can really derail you in life, by the way, this cortisol spikes. So the recap here is number one, set your intention to pay attention to content and feelings. Can't stress that enough. Number two, manage the noise. Number three, reflection, summarizing their story, facts and emotions, what they're saying and why the speaker cares. Like all other negotiation skills, listening isn't a superpower unless you practice it and develop it like honing and toning any other muscle. I have actually been in several negotiations in my legal career where I have demonstrated listening to the party on the other side of the table better than their own attorney has. And Nina, guess what that made me? What? <laughs> the most powerful person in the room. Ha, that's great. <laughs> There's an old proverb that points out we have two ears and one mouth and we should use them in that proportion. Easier said than done, but it's doable and immensely rewarding. It all starts with setting the intention. We're going to leave all that marinating with you for a few days and then do an actual demonstration of the model in the next episode. It's going to be spellbinding. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening, or even partially listening while you multitask. You never know what might stick with you. Keep your ear out for this space because we sure do appreciate your company. 
I'm Lucia Cantor St. Amour of Pactum Factum, which is Latin for a done deal. You can find me here on Substack and on pactumfactum.com. <laughs>